Hello, and welcome to Rewire. Whether you are a baby boomer or baby zoomer, a millennial or an elder ally, enjoying retirement or planning ahead, this show provides you with information and inspiration to help you live your best life. And now, here's our host, Duchess Dale. It is episode number 15, A New Era of Hope. For the month of June, we have put a spotlight on Elder Abuse Awareness Pride Month and Alzheimer and Brain Awareness Month. And we're going to speak to that a little bit more a little later in the show. Right now, being the 28th of June, we can wish a happy birthday to John Cusack, Kathy Bates, and the one and only Mel Brooks. Before we round out Pride Month, I want to share a bit of information I learned last week that I find fascinating and so progressive. There is a reformed Jewish temple in New York that is now offering a mitzvah service for non-binary young adults. So a young person in the Jewish reformed faith that doesn't quite relate to a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah, the Temple Israel of Northern Westchester, New York now offers this service called a benai mitzvah. Benai, which means children of the covenant, the rite of passage. This might be information that could be applicable to you and your family or a friend or a neighbor if there is a young Jewish person that is struggling with how to proceed, that perhaps they can contact their temple and learn more about a benai mitzvah. And now we're going to move on to closing out with the Brain Awareness, Alzheimer's Awareness Month. Sad statistics are that there are 6.5 million Americans that have Alzheimer's, and it is the fifth leading cause of death for people 65 and older. And my guest a little bit later in the show, Tommy Hernandez, he and the team he works with and the Alzheimer's organization are working relentlessly to change that grim statistic. Now, a lighter bit of detail is you may not know why the color purple is used for Alzheimer's awareness. And you may have seen people wearing the little purple ribbon. And purple is the signature color because it combines the calm stability of blue and the passionate energy of red to represent the work that they are doing to fight this disease. Now, my interview with Tommy Hernandez took place early in the month of June, before an article in the Washington Post on June 9th by reporter Laura McGinley came out, and it was about a new Alzheimer's disease drug called Lequembi or Lequembi. I don't know how it's pronounced, but it is spelled L-E-Q-E-M-B-I. And this medication will be the first of its class to get full approval for the memory-robbing illness. The 6-0 vote that confirmed the clinical benefit of this medication came at the end of an all-day meeting during which the agency's outside experts reviewed data from a late-stage trial that showed Lequembi, Lequembi slowed clinical and functional decline by 27% compared with the placebo at 18 months. The data indicated that the drug doesn't just treat symptoms of Alzheimer's like other available therapies do, but this drug also changes the course of the disease. That is extraordinary. And so now I am going to 
bring in our guest for this week to talk more about what is possible. This afternoon, I have a wonderful guest named Tommy Hernandez, who is the public policy director for the Alzheimer's Association, so that he and I can talk about this month being Alzheimer's Brain and Awareness Month. Welcome, Tommy. <laughs> it's great to be here, Duchess. Thank you so much again for inviting me to hopefully impart some helpful information, talk about our resources, and ultimately talk about why the Alzheimer's Association exists as the nation's leading organization tackling Alzheimer's and other forms of dementia. So thank you again. I'm excited for today's conversation, Duchess. That sounds very exciting. And it's kind of oxymoronic to me that it sounds exciting. And yet this is a very difficult and sometimes tender topic. So I would love it if you could tell our listeners a little bit about what you do, and then we'll move into more about the organization. Absolutely. It's an exciting, but it's also a very serious topic. And when I use the mm -hmm. word exciting, I kind of want to dig a little bit deeper there for all of our listeners today is that it's an exciting time. It's an exciting era. It's called the era of treatment. Ooh. So. Now more than ever, the hope that one day there will be a cure, a treatment, a prevention for this terrible, devastating disease is now more light at the end of that tunnel is beginning to shine through. So yes, it's most certainly still a very hard topic to discuss, but when we discuss it, we can now discuss it with a little bit more of a lift in our voice a little more hope that is valid because we are now in an era of treatment. We feel so close that within the next few years, we can ultimately end this disease. And we are now in that era. I love the era of treatment. So I will support you in that as you now tell me about the organization. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So my role is a little specialized as far as my scope of work goes into advancing our mission. I think I just touched on just a few moments ago that our mission ultimately at the Alzheimer's Association is a world without Alzheimer's or other forms of dementia. We know that we can only end this disease through treatments, cures, preventions, and that takes research, that takes FDA approvals, and more importantly, that takes access, equitable and fair and unrestricted access to any treatments that are available today and the treatments that are soon to come. Mm -hmm. So my role as a public policy director is to do two things. Okay. One, I proudly work with all of our state agency officials, like our good friends at the Aging and Long-Term Services Department, our also good friends at the Human Services Department, as well as the Department of Health. I also want to go ahead and give a nod to the Office of the Governor and her team, who have always been so supportive and welcoming to our conversations and our attempts to help work with them to tackle the disease. I do lead all of our state affairs. That includes agency departments, agency officials, department heads and officials, but I also work with members of our state legislature to bring forward bills of legislation that will provide monetary resources. They will provide a better infrastructure. They will also increase and improve care and support resources and overall awareness. So at the state level, we are doing state level specific policy work. Now, the big picture, the congressional side, this is what I am currently neck deep in right now, and it always is the same every summer. Once we get out of the legislative session, I pivot right back to this. And that is that we began engaging our members of Congress and also other federal agencies to ensure that they are doing their part to stand with us, to invest adequate levels of research, 
dollars for research that is to ensure that treatments are getting FDA approved when they are demonstrating strong data to support their efficacy. And then ultimately, we want to make sure that Medicare and Medicaid are covering these drugs that have been FDA approved. So I get to serve the role of a two-pronged approach, state affair policies, and then our congressional federal affairs as well. My goodness, you are quite busy. And I love hearing all of the angles by which you're approaching this important work. I'm glad that it is pre-summer, so you have some some downtime to do more work. <laughs> I'll say there isn't enough coffee to fuel all <laughs> that needs to get done, but somehow I find a way. And, and it really is the inspiring stories and stories of loss and the stories of endurance by people in our communities across the state that helped me keep doing what I need to do so we can reach the end. In case you didn't notice, but our logo actually is a coffee cup. So I certainly can understand and relate to that. (laughs) There will always be a, a fresh cup of coffee whenever you need one. I would love it before we get into some of the more specifics. If you could tell the listeners, how were you drawn to this job? This is deep and important work, both from the side of policy and talking to legislators, et cetera, as well as, again, the tender side of it that you just mentioned that keeps you going along with the caffeine. How did you get this job? What called you to this position? You know, I grew up in a small farming agriculture community. So there wasn't a lot of talk about health issues in the family. There wasn't a lot of talk about growing health issues in my education throughout the years. So when I arrived at the University of New Mexico, it's a very fun story. I'm going to try to tell us in as few words as I possibly can. (laughs) My academic advisor says to me, hey, Tom, so you have to take a social science to meet your prerequisite courses. And I say to her, well, what's a social science? And the advisor says, you know, psychology, sociology. And she says, oh, I know a fun one. And it's led by a great professor, and that's political science. And I thought, well, I know very little about politics, so let's go ahead and sign me up. Great, right? Thinking it was an easy A. That enrollment into that course, Duchess, changed my life. And that's how I'm here today, because I went to school, I got an education, an undergrad in political science and communications. That changed everything, that one suggestion for that course. So that's kind of the short and sweet of how I got to where I am. Specifically, the Alzheimer's Association, I've been in this role for almost five years. Actually, no, I think, Duchess, I think this week may actually be my five-year anniversary. Congratulations. I know what a great event timeline to be spending it with you and and all the listeners who will get this message. So yeah, that just made my day a little brighter. Thank you for (laughs) that question, because I never get asked that question. Simply put, that's how I got to where I am. And the Alzheimer's Association is just full of top caliber people who have really helped me develop my skills and supported me all the way from the top down. And then, of course, working with the great elected leaders and appointed leaders and everybody at all the departments who I just probably missing some names here, but just know I apologize if I am. (laughs) It's been a great ride. And now in this new era of treatment, I got to say, it's been a feeling of when you know your destination and you're traveling there, but you don't know You don't know what the hurdles along the way. You don't know how many pit stops you're going to have to make. You don't know how many times you're going to have to stop or or, or the car is going to slow or it's going to speed up. I feel in my five years, never have I ever felt so much excitement for how close we are to the end goals I have in the last six to nine months. I'm just so thankful to be here. 
I guess I'm speechless after that because I can feel your passion for your work and the possibility and the hope with what you just described for this condition and for how we're approaching it, particularly in our wonderful state of New Mexico. It's extraordinary. Thank you for, and whoever that instructor was back at UNM, send them a thank you note and say, hey, I have this lady I just met and and she wants me to thank you for steering me towards poli-sci and where Uh you are today. Now tell me a little bit about what resources are available since our listeners are primarily older adults, either themselves or as caregivers family, friends, neighbors, what resources are available? I'm glad you asked that question again, because we feel we don't get asked that question enough. Let me start off by offering our 24-7 helpline that the Alzheimer's Association operates. Again, 24-7, 365. Whether it be any given holiday, any given hour of the day, no matter what time, no matter when, this helpline is open and this helpline is staffed by people who are the, some of the most compassionate, understanding, relatable, informative, all of the adjectives, right? These people are just true heroes, really, for being on the other end of this helpline. And that helpline number that we operate at the Alzheimer's Association is 1-800-272-3900. You can also find that number easily by just going to our website, alz.org. And there's a lot lot of other comprehensive information and resources. Links are also available on that website. So first and foremost, the helpline is there all the time, as I just mentioned. But what also are we providing, New Mexicans? Well, we know that there are upwards of 43,000 New Mexicans who have a diagnosis for Alzheimer's disease or some other form of dementia. We know that there are approximately 6 million Americans nationwide who have Alzheimer's disease or some other some other form of dementia. With these obviously, obviously unfortunate and sad and sobering numbers, we know that there is not enough help. There are not enough hours in the day for us to touch everybody and reach out to everybody who needs that help. So what we do is that's where my role comes in and we work with our state agencies. We work with our governor's office. We work with members of Congress to fill the gaps. We do the helpline. We also provide education courses for people who have who have recently come into the role of being a family caregiver. You need to learn how to be a caregiver. We provide classes statewide and these classes are so well done and everything that is presented in these courses has been crafted to such a way that everybody can walk away who attends to one of these classes feeling better prepared to be a family caregiver. So education courses come in the form of care and support. All the resources we're doing is we're working with our healthcare systems to ensure that first-line practitioners, from nurses to to the actual doctor themselves, are aware of what the early signs and symptoms look like. So anyone maybe who is an age where Alzheimer's begins to become noticeable, recognizable, signs and symptoms become evident, we want to make sure that those clinicians in the hospitals, in the patient rooms, are helping their patients know the risks as they age for Alzheimer's disease and other signs and symptoms. So there are many resources, Duchess, to answer your question, but I really want to leave with the listeners today. 1-800-272-3900-24-7 helpline. Even if you just need somebody to talk to, or if you need some suggestions for memory care for family caregivers, we're there. They are there. Also working with state agencies to increase resources. We're doing that as well. The family caregiver free education courses. 
we're doing that as well. Incredible number. I will repeat again later for people because sometimes if you're listening to a podcast, you're taking a walk with a dog or you're driving in. I want to make sure I will give it to them at the end of the show as well. How is this immense and amazing service and resource funded? Very good question because fundraising obviously is what fuels our mission. And our mission is led by many people like me here in New Mexico. I have a great team who I'm very proud to work alongside. I'm very proud of their achievements and their own respective pillars of work at the Alzheimer's Association. So all of this, all of this great work that we continue to do can only be made possible by people being aware of the disease, aware of how they can get involved, and often getting involved as a volunteer. Mm. Often they end up also giving to our organization to help, whether that be a couple dollars or whatever they can afford. We have the walk to end Alzheimer's. Most people are aware of that. One statistic I like to nod when it comes to the walk to end Alzheimer's, which we have five of them across the state, by the way, is that when I go to these walk to end Alzheimer's events that occur every fall, I, I particularly try to make my way to at least three of them, Santa Fe, Albuquerque, and Las Cruces. When I go there, Duchess, what I see is I see people who have been touched by the disease, unfortunately. It's their mom, it's their aunt, it's their neighbor. It was their coworker of 25 years who they both retired in the same month and are now best friends. And sadly, one of them has the disease. It's just one story I heard last time around. So these people who we provide caregiver support for, who we are fighting in Washington, D.C. with our advocacy to get access to treatments, often these people return the favor and they get involved with the walk. They get involved with any other fundraising activities we have. So I just want to encourage everybody out there, whether you're taking advantage of our caregiver support classes or involved with our advocacy or any other of our pillars, there are many opportunities for people to give what they can from their budgets. We know everybody's facing different hardships right now, but we still need money to fuel our mission that is just the most simplest and blunt way I can put it. So we encourage them to get involved with our organization and simply just go to our website and you can find a lot of ways to do that. So if one wanted to either donate or volunteer by going to alz.org, they could become engaged. Do you already have the dates for the New Mexico walks? I think the dates are soon to be finalized. I could be wrong and I could be regrettably <laughs> saying that I did not know. And forgive me to all the development staff who may be listening to this. So you give me a finger wagging later, but going to our website, you can find the dates if they have been posted, but I do know that they almost always take place from September and in October. Okay. And then I'm going to invite you once those dates are firmed up and have you back on the podcast in advance, whether it's Santa Fe, Albuquerque, or Las Cruces, and talk about it again so that people can sign up or participate. Because I think that is another important way, not only because of time and treasure and talent to do that, it's a way to connect, as you say, to engage with other people, to hear the stories, to share their own stories, and to work and walk towards the error of treatment. Yes. And I will leave you and the listeners with a teaser with why I think it makes sense for you and I to circle back at some point later in the year, perhaps, is because in the next few weeks, possibly the next month, we are going to see new treatments come out, be submitted for FDA approval that are even more effective 
than the two that are already under FDA approval or have received FDA approval rather. So even a greater, more brighter light of hope seems to be that it's going to work out and a new FDA treatment is going to be approved in the next few weeks, possibly a month. But then also the second part of the teaser, Duchess, is that once these treatments are approved, we need to ensure that people who are eligible for these treatment drugs Mm-hmm. can have access to them through Medicare and or Medicaid. I think it makes sense. And I hope that teaser is good enough for us to circle back in a couple months so we can come back and say, hey, this is what's been happening over the last few months. That is usually cliffhangers and teasers are are more dramatic. And this is dramatic in the sense of joy and hope and exhilaration. And yes, you are coming back. It just consider yourself booked. We just need to figure out a day and time that works for you so that we can, uh, so that you can tell us all about that and we can promote the walk to end Alzheimer's event. I'm going to leave it at that because I have lots more to ask, but I'm going to wait because you really have teased us in such a delicious way. I'm going to send you forward to get another cup of coffee. And I look forward to when we can do this again. Thank you so much, you, your team, all of the staff and the greater national organization for everything you do. So thank you again, Tommy. Thank you, Duchess. It was great to be here with you. Does my heart good to know that someone like Tommy Hernandez is the right person at the right time doing the right job for this important work. So you can contact the Alzheimer's organization at alz.org or call 1-800-272-3900. And if you're local to New Mexico and you need some information maybe about housing or nutrition or the upcoming Conference on Aging here in Albuquerque in September, please call 1-800-432-2080. And I'm going to close with some exciting news. We now have our own Facebook page. Yay! You can find us at Rewire with Duchess Dale. Type in R-E hyphen W-I-R-E with Duchess Dale. That's me. And this is a place where you can look up some of the information that I share with you, the tips or contact numbers. And it's a place where you can post a comment or ask a question, or maybe even suggest a topic for an upcoming podcast. So please try to visit us. Now that it's summer, it is your turn to refresh, reconnect, and rewire along with us on Facebook or on your favorite streaming platform. Thank you, and until next week. This podcast is sponsored by the Aging and Long-Term Services Department of New Mexico. On your favorite streaming platform, subscribe or follow to receive a reminder of new episodes. You can also share this free podcast with family and friends. Our music was written and sung by New Mexico's Lydia Clark. Till next time, remember to reconnect, recommit, and rewire.